the one time I got up to watch a MotoGP race was the first time in a long time that KTM couldn't win. <sighs> Welcome back <laughs> to Motorsport 101. <laughs> Yes, in tragic news, it is my painful regret to reveal that uh, KTM is fuming. Sorry, King. Bad luck. <laughs> Welcome to episode 263 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighbor, that's Mr. Dre Harrison. Good to see you, as always. And in the first half of this doubleheader, we'll be talking about MotoGP's first race at Misano. The first of a doubleheader of their own, uh, given they'll be back there this weekend. They're having two races and a test. All in the, all in the space of a very, very busy week for MotoGP this time around. A lot, a lot of stuff going on there, but um, we'll break all of that down from last week. In the next 40 minutes or so. But with me, as always, we have RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. Uh, good Good afternoon. Um, time Time is not a real construct, and neither is a PDF. Um, Kanye, you're having trouble. He has to tweet page by page, because the PDF's not loading on Twitter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, dear. King, you got up early for this one. I assume you were very disappointed. Yeah, it was uh, a one-two-four that I was not expecting. Uh, <laughs> I was saying, hey, you know, hence this weekend qualifying didn't turn out so well. Maybe it'll turn around and race. Didn't turn around and race. Where, where KTM's at? Where, where, where KTM? <laughs> well, uh. some factory had to take the had to take the day off. Like it was KTM's turn. It was Honda for the previous seven rounds. Now it's now it's KTM's <laughs> turn to sit one out. Uh. It happens. <laughs> I if any, there was a drop rule. Weekend off. <laughs> Honda did it out of good spirit. Uh, Cam, good to see you. Hello, everyone. Um, I'll, I'll have you all know that I have ordered my Honda jet. And oh. it should be completed before Honda achieves a podium in MotoGP. <laughs> so, probably opening round 2021, then, I assume. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about that. Probably. Also, also, I love the afro that's got that he's got going on there. I think that's uh, very, very, very it's, great shoes. It's a little, uh, it's a little out of control at this point. R- really? <laughs> is, that, is that is that the lockdown life getting to your cam? <laughs> it's all right. Uh, as of today, lockdown life may have a PS5 soon. Oh, you oh. bastard! Yeah, yeah, I may, uh, yeah. Yeah, we get to find out later today, as of uh, September 16th, how hard Daddy Sony's going to fuck my wallet this year. We're going to see a massive uh, uptick in sex work accounts being started up so that people can afford these new consoles. And I am all here for it. <laughs> yes, let's... I'm all for it. For, for for 10 bucks a month, you can get on Patreon and you can, and you can have King take his Dario Franchitti shirt off. Um... <laughs> What, what's not to love? <laughs> Who says we can't provide you guys with delicious content on this show? I did not volunteer <laughs> for this content. <laughs> Who, said you, Who said anything about volunteering, King? <laughs> this is more of a voluntold kind of situation. But, Trey, what's on the docket for today's episode? We'll be talking MotoGP and Masano, as mentioned earlier. We'll be talking about an, yet another brand new winner in MotoGP. Already the fourth brand new winner of this season, and it's from Brazil as Frankie Morbidelli uh, took his first Premier Class top flight victory and laid off a very important message 
as well. We'll be talking about the VR of 46 Academy going 1, 2, and 4 um, in dramatic fashion, as well as a stunning last lap move for, for the podium as well in that one. We'll be talking to Thailand implications as well, uh, as a Fabio Quattararo binned it not once, but twice in the same race in very peculiar fashion. Uh, we'll be talking as well about KTM looking extra struggleicious, only having one bike in the top 10. Very 2019 KTM, I do say so myself. Yeah, and a back and form from last year. And we'll be debating about the potential inclusion of radios, because every journalist ship bricks at the very concept um, earlier this week. And uh, yeah, that was a test for it. We'll be talking about that very, very soon. But we'll my drama! <laughs> my spectacle, King! My spectacle! My kingdom for a spectacle! Look, um, we'll also TNT be t already has plenty of drama. That's their slogan. We know drama. I thought it was, hey, Chuck's guarantee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> guarantee! Denver's got the luggage already loaded. Beautiful, beautiful. I, I, I kind of wish now that I had uh, come onto the show sipping tea, eating cheese doodles. <laughs> oh, Shout yes. out to Stephen A. Smith. Shout out to them indeed. We'll also be talking Moto2 as uh, we had yet more VA, VR46 Academy shenanigans as the two uh, Skybiders, uh, Luca Marini and Marco Bezzecchi, went to war for the win on that one. Um, we'll be talking about some city season moves as well. And Sam, Lai Sam Lowe is going from the pit lane to finishing in the top 10 because... Sam Lowe's does have pace every once in a while. We'll also be talking Moto3, where John McPhee took a W, and I tried not to grind my teeth too hard on watching BT Sports coverage, <laughs> as well as Moto E, as Eric Granado, the main title contender, suffered a pretty rough day in qualifying, and Matteo Ferrari salvaged at least some pride for the prancing horse. More on that on next on the episode later in the week for more on that one. But uh, basically, you can find us real quick in the meantime. We're on YouTube.com for Sports Aspects Sport 101 if you listen to the audio version. If you're on YouTube already, hi, nice to see you. Uh, we're on Facebook.com for Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. Our personal handles are on the screen right now, as well as in the bio down below. And if you're listening to us on audio, that's Harrison at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, and at CBuckley917. You can follow us all on there. And if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. $5 gets you early access to all the audio versions of our shows. Um, at the $10 level, you also get access to the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded, as well as get early access to all of the video versions of the show as well. So, without all of that, I got that all out of the way. Let's get into the MotoGP round at Masano. And, uh... Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. And, uh, it, it, it's... We've had, we've had a little bit of a trend of new winners, as I mentioned earlier. This is the fourth time we've had a new winner in MotoGP already this season, which is crazy, to say the least. Um, we, I don't we, want we, new winners anymore. <laughs> yeah, don't want it like this. Half the paddocks want a Grand Prix already. Yes. <laughs> Which is quite literally quickly becoming the case. It's uh, quite terrifying. But uh, this time, it was Frankie's turn. And this was, I think, one that I think a few of us have seen come in. He's been getting better and better. SRT's been an incredible team outfit so far. This year, maybe the best team in the sport, pound for pound, um, since the season began. And uh, yeah, it was Frankie's time this time round. Yep. Frankie's time. Uh, 
I mean, it's your first one's always your hardest, and it's always hard to perform at home. Frankie did both on the <laughs> same day. Yeah, he very much did. I mean, it, it, we always thought it was going to end up being probably a, a Yamaha sort of affair because Yamaha's always tended to go well here. They went well here last year. I mean, Fabi- you know, Fabio was maybe two bike lengths away from winning here last year and getting his first W against just some juggernaut called Mark. Remember him when he was in was it top flight? That, that, that was fun, wasn't it? We all, we all miss him, right? Yeah, speaking of which, uh, that 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 guy uh, back to training makes you wonder what could have happened if he didn't just try to race again at her F. But uh, hey, makes here you we w- are. Wonder what happened if you wouldn't, uh, you know, open a window or lift weights at home. Not 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 the best uh, idea. Anyway, yeah, like we were th- we were thinking it was going to be a different story, most likely because to a degree, because Maverick beat the field up in qualifying, qualified on pole by uh, by a third of a second over over Franco and and uh, Fabio. So it was an all Yamaha front row, Yamaha one, two, three, and four, because Valentino Rossi was in fourth place. We've got to talk about this a little bit. So I did a bit of sense. I got. I have, I have to mention this. He started on the front of row two. Did anybody see his uh, special helmet for the weekend? Oh, oh buddy! Oh boy! Sake. Let's just say that there are that uh, hmm. you know all those jokes about Valentino Rossi being old. Well, there are certain mm-hmm. side effects for uh, for most dudes well, uh, who uh, who have that mm-hmm. sort of equipment. Yeah, his uh, his hair looked quite stiff this weekend. Um, yeah, he certainly faced some stiff competition. He had to uh, really work it quite hard to get up there with the rest of the Yamaha runners. But I think he did a very good job of. Uh, of uh, keeping firm control of the situation. I don't know if a MotoGP race can last as many as four hours. No, but uh, if you really if hope it does I'd lo- be really worn out. No, but if it does last longer, feel free to call another doctor, one that's actually a medical professional. I, I, that's, that's what I'd uh, recommend and argue. Um, yes, he had a Viagra-themed helmet because, you know, Rossi loves a good joke about his age, and uh, many people were... Uh, shall we say, making jokes uh, about uh, what Rossi is doing to still be so good at age 41. And uh, yeah, he had his uh, helmet designer paint up a bunch of Viagra around. And you could, you could see every... Like, Lewis, I know you're watching this. Like, the amount of, of, of boner jokes I saw from you guys on social media trying to keep them in there. Very impressive, if I do say so myself, you cheeky bastards. I'm just thinking um, <laughs> now of an alternate hip-hop culture today where instead of popping Percocets like candy, they're popping Viagra like candy. <laughs> that would be terrible in a much different sense. But no, we have Valentino Rossi out here for our NASCAR fans doing it for Mark Martin because nobody else relevant ever drove the Viagra car. None whatsoever. No. No, none. Uh, we we, ha- we had to get that one mentioned because, uh, yeah. We had to get it off. We just had to get it off at some point. <laughs> I would like to uh, I would like to formally announce my resignation from the motorsport. <laughs> oh, no, you fucking don't because you're one of our bike specialists, goddammit. Now, let's talk about this race. Yeah, it... It, it was a good race. It, 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 it was... It, look. It's weird it's to a say. It's a bit more... Yeah, 
Go on, Cam. Yeah. It's weird to say, this was a pretty good race. And by MotoGP standards, it was very tame overall compared to some of the complete shit shows we've had this year. Yeah. Um, in, in, in terms of MotoGP being generally completely ridiculous this year, this was like a 7 out of 10 on the crazy scale because it really did, it, it was a bit more of a classic MotoGP race where maybe one guy takes off from the front and then we have a bit of a peloton behind him. When we get to the crescendo at the end and seeing who comes out on top, and that, it, it, yeah. it was very much a, a bit of an old school sort of race this time round. But hey, they happened, and it was still pretty good. Uh, Frankie yeah. Morbidelli took the whole shot. Um, he had Valentino Rossi pretty much stalk him uh, in the early stages. Like I, I know that Rossi had uh, tried a lunge down the bottom of the hill um, on the opening lap, very briefly took the lead. And there's only that. that was, it's worth mentioning as a side note. There were fans at Masano this weekend. They allowed ten thousand fans um, in the grandstands. Of course, with social distancing in play, because of course, uh, with ten thousand people, that's totally going to happen. Uh, but uh, you could still hear the pocket of Rossi fans on the main grandstand when he was trying to take the lead. And I was just thinking. Surely not. Surely not one last win for Valentino. Um, Here, no uh, less. Yeah, yeah. It, but you, the whole the whole race, I was like, up until he started sliding, you know, back in the field, I was like, today can't be the day, can it? No, it can't. No, be. It, can't <laughs> it can't be. be. Surely and, uh, not. And, and worth noting as well, at one point we had a a VR forty six civil war for the podium. Between VR forty six graduates from the academy and Valentino himself, yeah, it was it was it was crazy. Um, Morbidelli, you know, again had Rossi hey, for company hey, in the early going. Yeah, boss, remember me? <laughs> it's funny as well. You mentioned that because they they got into a scrap last year at this very track as well. I think they were fighting for fourth, and Rossi came out on top that time last year. And yeah. if anything, it was a bit of a revenge act from Frankie Morbidelli. The um, SRT is clearly doing very good things with that Yamaha because Frankie took off in the second half of the race, was able to put a couple of seconds distance between him and the second group, which, as King alluded to, Rossi just couldn't stay with Frankie in the long run and was and was slowly dragging up uh, Francisco Bagnaia. And wait, uh, wait, isn't, isn't that dude still on crutches? Yes, this was his first race back. Like people forget, he he, uh, he broke his leg. Back at Bruno, um, a month ago, and he's only just come back now. This is his first race back. He was still walking around with a limp and on a crutch, and yet here he is riding a Grand Prix motorcycle and in the lead group of a Grand Prix alongside one of his heroes, Valentino Rossi, and Joanne Mir, who had come from the third group with him and Alex Rins and Fabio Quattararo up to to the second group. Now we didn't mention Fabio very much in this in this race because well. He binned it early on. Um, the yep. exact same place, I think it was turn five, the exact same place where um, Alex Rins binned it there last year. Um, yes. And Frankie went down, sorry, Fabio went down, was able to continue, limped it back to, to, to the pit lane, got it back out again, you know, maybe get, get some testing laps in there. Hey, you never know if a couple of guys bin it or there's a big accident, you might be able to sneak back into the top 15 and maybe get a couple of points. Then he pins it again in the bottom. Then he pins it again at the uh, bottom of the uh, triple right hand complex. Uh, Sorry, I don't know. The the championship leader, no longer. Yeah, he relinquishes. He relinquishes the lead of the championship. We'll give you the full breakdown on that later. But uh, with Andrea Davizioso 
finishing seventh. He inherits the championship lead, and it's all bunched up again at the front. Again, we'll get to that a little bit later, but uh, Fabio having a rough day at the office the same time his teammate wins. And another uh, feather in the cap on, on, on that one, but... Uh, we have to mention that second group. We had that second brilliant group of Banyaya, who again is still riding her. We had Rossi in there, like in third for most of that period, until uh, sadly I was at work when this race was going on live, so I couldn't be here for the live reaction. Apparently, you guys went ape shit on the final lap. Talk uh, me through it. I will. Uh... So. Banyaya had already passed Rossi at this point because, well, Yamaha trying to defend from a Ducati in a straight line. It ain't happening. Nope. Well, Johan Mir, Johan Mir cuts through the pack, gets up behind Rossi, and just fucking, I think it was turn three, just fucking sent it. No, it wasn't turn three, it was turn ten, back end of the track uh, before the before Back, the back end of the straight. track, right. It's, right, it's, turn it's, ten. It's, yeah, it's it's a multiple line sort of double apex right hander where you can take the narrow line if you're willing to square the corner off enough and be aggressive enough. And he got it inch perfect on Valentino yep. Rossi. Rossi could do nothing but concede. Um, yeah, I think there were different one. shades of blue on each bike than they were supposed to be. And I proclaim, <laughs> Johan Mir is the truth. When it happened, it was a Fair. ridiculous pass. Go out of your way to go find it. Inch perfect, Fair. as you said. It was it, it was a it was a picture perfect pass. Um, it was fantastic. It was a brilliant, brilliant move on the inside. Rossi could do nothing but cough that one up. Well, that was um, the thing like as I well. Said, Rossi Rossi lacked pace during the race, but uh, mm. his defending is still just as clever as it's always yeah. been. Because he still has because we talked craft. about it earlier in the year. Uh, his braking is what will keep him ahead much longer than he realistically should be on an underpowered bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his racecraft is still as good as it's ever been. Indeed, like Joanne had to really, really work hard for that one. But uh, it is a very nice sight to see Mir start to break out in his own right. I mean, Alex Rins has been the backbone of this team now for a couple of years, and you know, Mir, this is Mir's second season now. He probably should have won that second race at Styria um, well, earlier on in the uh, year, as it is. You mentioned earlier, earlier in the year when he got that great result. Uh, was it was two or three races ago. We got at the podium. Yeah, the third place and, in, in Austria. Yeah, and he has been money ever since. That was the confidence booster that we thought it was going to be. He's riding like yeah. a different rider. We're seeing what was so massively hyped up for years. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that he, and like after that race, directly after that race, my brother. On my well, who was also at work at the time, sent me a WhatsApp picture of the podium shot. And you look at that podium and you go, Frankie Morbidelli, Francisco Bagnaia, and Joanne Mir. And Ryan just te- sent me a text saying, quote, the future is now, is what he said to me as, as a text. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're probably right on that one. And hey, if you ever want to add yet another chapter to Valentino Rossi's legacy, look at the Academy and look what it's producing now. I mean, this was... Excellence. I, 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 I want to say it's the first time an Academy prospect that came out of his Academy has won a top flight Grand Prix. Um, we've already had a top flight champion with Frankie winning in, in Moto2 and Pecco Banyaya winning in, in a Moto2 title in their own right. But this was the first top flight Grand Prix win 
um, for an academy graduate. And Frankie was the first. He was the first guy to come through that academy. Um, and it shows. And he's always led the charge. And it's no surprise, he's the first one to a W. <laughs> and not well, only last that... Year. Mm. Go, go, go on, Cam. Go on, Cam. First. Uh, I thought RJ was going to... Yeah, because yeah, I was about to say, because I know, Dre, you've got a lot to say about Morbidelli, which we'll get to mm. in a second. Uh, but I just got to say, and I know this is piggybacking off of what y'all said, I know that letting go of Andrea DeVizioso right now is kind of a uh, questionable move at this point. But if you're going to find anybody to fill that seat, surely it's Pecco. Surely it is Francesco Bagnaia. I want to see right. another couple of races like this. But while he has been healthy this year and the bike hasn't been grenading itself, he has been... He he is what we thought he was going to be last year where the team said he's riding the Ducati too fast. The bike can't handle how fast he's trying to take turns. He's... Frankie was the first out of the academy to win a race. Mm -hmm. Pecco's got next. It's coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. There's There's no doubt in my mind about that. He's... If if anything, this just further validates what we were saying off the ref when he had a, another second place that was going to be second at worst, and then that was taken away from the engine failure that he had. This is this is this is this is the return of that second place that he was meant to get about four rounds ago. But uh, mentioning Frankie, it would be impossible not to talk about his his win this weekend if it wasn't for. As well, a special helmet that he ran this this weekend, and it was it was a it was a beautifully designed helmet. He had the colours were beautiful, a lot of purple, a lot of greens, a lot of pinks. You love to see that. Very, very different for MotoGP, but also a, a portrait of himself on the front. Very Valentino, if I do say so myself. Um, but also, it had an important message on the back. It was the word of quality written in several languages, not only English, but also Italian, Spanish, Arabic. Although I, I did get told on Twitter that he wrote the Arabic out backwards. Poor guy. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> my, my minor whoops. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that's not the first time that's happened. Um, but uh, yeah I'm sure his heart was in the right place there but uh, yeah a very important message indeed and I know the sport piggybacked off the back of that of course you know talking about you know what Frankie wanted for equality and he's he's been very candid Frankie on on doing a lot of low-key interviews talking about this um, about how he, he he took a lot of inspiration from what Lewis Hamilton has done. And we'll be talking about that in a lot more detail in the second episode of this doubleheader. But um, he, he said he took a lot of inspiration um, from Lewis Hamilton and um, what he's been doing in Formula One to, um, you know, to, to help promote equality and, and the Black Lives Matter movement and, and whatnot. And... Frankie wanted to be that version of that for MotoGP, and it also kind of hurt that uh, he said that he felt like he couldn't really do it unless he he had a platform of a win to really start talking about this message. And I hate that he's probably a hundred percent right on that front because yeah, it goes back to the old saying that you know if you are an African American person in this country, if you're a Black British person, if you're if you're black of any kind, you have to work twice as hard to get half of what other people have. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it, it it is crazy, and yeah, Frankie's been been what and what makes it even sadder is that I think Frankie is probably the only major player in MotoGP's paddock that has spoken in depth about this. 
Um, he is. Yeah, I haven't seen that... a damn thing from anyone else, really. Besides it's, the initial... Yeah. The initial swell of talk about it when, of course, it became very much a yeah, a thing in every sport. Right. Yeah. Um, motorsport or otherwise. Since then, it's been pretty much radio Crickets. silence. Yeah. Crickets. Yeah. I know they put out on social media a statement alongside a lot of other sports leagues, franchises, etc. that have done similar. They actually put Black Lives Matter in their hashtag, which was, you know, they went one stage further than Formula One did at the time, but since then, nothing. I've seen a little bit of rumbles from Camelo Esparel to talk about how he wants to see a black rider in the paddock, but where do you even start on something like that? Um, and that's that's annoying enough. And like I said, it's 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 he's been the only one and that's what makes it so frustrating um and the sport could be doing a hell of a lot better in this regard the sport i know for, as a fact is is light years behind even other like paddocks in terms of diversity in terms of talking about societal issues of course, they lined up the red carpet for COVID and healthcare workers when the season restarted. Again, completely understandable for obvious reasons. Um, but it's not really gone any further than that. I mean, MotoGP's pad has got one black man in it. One. And yeah, and Francis, shout out to him. I know he's been on the Racist podcast with Claire Cotter and it was a great listen. I highly recommend you go out of your way to listen to it if you have. I don't normally plug other people's shows on here unless it's good. So if you haven't, go out of your way to listen to it. Um, yeah, but uh, it's 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 alarming that that MotoGP is just on anything to do with that, and they've only jumped in and started promoting it more because Frankie's had Frankie's kind of given them no choice but to do that by winning with an equality helmet on and obviously talking about that design and even that was somewhat disjointed when you consider the fact that most of the jokes are about Valentino Rossi's Viagra helmet it didn't exactly help either um no fault of Valentino's of course he always has a Misano helmet as tradition that's just what he does it's just one of those unfortunate coincidences um The sport at least with Formula so One. Better. At least with mm. Formula One, like there's uh, there's been like an ongoing discussion with motorcycle racing. It's kind of been nowhere. It's not really talked about at all. Yeah, the it's... only person who has been has been Frankie, and as as Dre alluded to, Frankie only thought he could do it once he won a race. Yeah, and. <laughs> The only other guy I've seen in that area was Matt Oxley, and he did it years ago. And it was it kind of went under the radar in Motorsport Magazine. I think he wrote a piece about it in 2016 about how a lot of talk in MotoGP's paddock is not great. A lot of it ranges from, you know, the classic negative stereotyping you hear about, the code talk, like, you know, talking negatively about rap and hip-hop, for example, and, you know, that sort of coded talk you talk about when it comes to black culture, but then also going as far as um, mentioning the N-word by name. And I know it's thrown out there a lot more in Spain for obvious reasons. The direct translation of the word black um, can be problematic in the wrong context, of course. Um, so it's it's not... This is not a new thing, what I'm saying to you guys right now. Um, it, I still remember how horrible it was when Mark Marquez had a t-shirt at Mategi in 2013 that uh, 
was in Japan and it was a picture of him with his eyes spread open. It was not a good look. I don't know what his team were doing on that one. MotoGP's got a lot of catching up to do on um, in, uh, even for a motorsport series. And unfortunately, I think because of their relative lack of popularity compared to most four-wheeled series, we don't talk about it anywhere near as much. But they've got to take some huge steps in the right direction, and it starts from the very top, as far as I'm concerned. And 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 it's a shame that it's taken Frankie Morbidelli winning a Premier Class Grand Prix, which again you would never have guessed a year and a half ago, for it to even bring some or even start peeling the Band-Aid off. Um, where in where that's concerned, it so uh, it shouldn't need to yeah. get to that stage. It shouldn't. It shouldn't have to come to the one person of colour who's a rider on your grid winning a race of an equality helmet for it to come to that point. It needs to do better, as far as I'm concerned, and um, hopefully that will continue. So let's break down the full result here. We'll take some of the little stories in the way as well. Frankie Mordelli, as mentioned, winning by 2.2 seconds in the end over Francisco Bagnaia in second. Yeah, the hype is real. Joanne Mir was only 0.07 behind him. The hype is still real in third. Valley, not quite a podium. I did love that he looked at his onboard camera and just went like this, which, given his helmet, could have also been another joke. Um, Taking out of context... <laughs> Just King. <laughs> King hates me right now. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just stating the facts. Oh, oh, like, honestly. Rossi was fourth, just a few tenths off a podium. Like I said, so close, so close to it, going for four hours. Uh, Alex Rins in fifth, kind of in no man's land in the end. Still a good ride from him. Maverick Vinales, who fell down to sixth. In the end, despite starting on pole, another scruffy day for Maverick where just doesn't start well and doesn't really recover. Stop me if you've heard that one before. But hey, given Maverick's last month, he'll probably just take a sick and say, hey, I actually finished. So <laughs> it's a plus. a quiet day for once. Yeah, that, that, like for Maverick, I think he'll just be happy he had a quiet day for once. Uh, Dovi in seventh, way back. Ten seconds off the win in the end. and uh, Nowhere. Nowhere. Um, Factory claim... ducks were nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they claim that, uh, you know, that they might have figured something out of the test that might give them a little bit of extra pace for, for race two this weekend, but uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, where I that one is. I much out of that. Me neither, personally, because they're not going to suddenly make up, like, half a second the lap to make it a bit more interesting at the front all of a sudden, but hey, prove me wrong, Ducati, because the Pramac team's been better than you this year, so you know, we'll have to wait and see how all happens there. Jack Miller uh, in 8th place, 11 seconds back, started well, tyres faded, not the best day for Jackass, unfortunately. Um, but uh, Takanakagami was ninth. he was initially 8th, he had to fall an extra place because of uh. track limits. Uh, taka taka taka. Uh, uh, still Honda. the uh, still the best Honda by a country mile. Um, unfortunately. Speaking of which, King Paul Spagro tenth. The best KTM in the field on the day was tenth. What happened? Get your man's. We just want to go back to 2019 when the world was a better place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's come to this already. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. Um, oh dear. Yeah, oh, apparently, 10th, 11th. Uh, <laughs> I was reading into it on Matt Oxley's report. This is now a Matt mm. Oxley plug podcast. 
Pretty much. Um, that uh, KTM had a lot of issues with braking around here. The electronic side of the braking was uh, not good on this new bike. Yeah, especially on the rear. Um, the, the, I did read some of that. So, yeah, hopefully they'll bring a, a quick-term fix for this weekend. But, yeah, KTM's 10th, 11th, and 12th. Uh, Paul Espargaro, Miguel Oliveira in a uh, factory sandwich with Brad Binder, 12th. This is Spagaro 13th. The last of the KTMs, I can look at 14th. Johan Zarco, um, 15th on the Avintia and the last of the points. Um, also, some news on him we'll get to very briefly. Petrix in 16th place. Oh, dear. Uh, Factory Ducati, not good. Um, they Mar- stink. <laughs> not good. Alex Marquez, 17th. Stefan Bradl, test session for him really in 18th and Bradley Smith who had a crash early doors would eventually finish in 19th two DNFs in the end the aforementioned Quattararo's double dip and Tito Rabat who had a late crash five from the end apparently he's still struggling quite a lot with the injuries he had at Silverstone last year speaking um, of injuries we had a uh what, what it's not quite a did not start but a declared unfit yeah Cal Crutchlow well, I was going to mention, just about to mention that Cal Crutcho took, he pulled out after Friday. He actually, in between uh, Misano and uh, Austria's rounds, he had a uh, arm pump surgery, which uh, these days is now a relatively uh, quick procedure. Uh, very, very by the by the by normally, but apparently it's uh, it all went a bit wrong. Uh, unfortunately, it's uh, it. It all kind of uh, went to crap. His arm apparently swelled up massively over the course of the weekend. Um, I saw Simon Patterson tweet about it, saying that the, the, the Cal apparently showed them his arm on Saturday after he'd already been declared unfit for the rest of the weekend. And he apparently, he's, the quote Simon used was, "His arm looked like a water balloon." So, um, I, so uh, I should... my arms, my arms now hurt. Thank you for that, Dre. Yeah. Uh... So, so oh. sorry, boss. Long, long, long time listeners will probably remember how I described the phenomena of arm pump, and I'm not gonna get back into describing. Look it up on your own. <laughs> you have Google. You have Bing. I'll even let you use Bing for this. Uh, let's just say no, no, we yeah. don't want to know how the sausage gets made. <laughs> you don't want to know how the sausage gets made, and this was a direct result of his injury a few weeks ago where he broke part of his wrist. Yeah, Knock-on effect. Yeah. And um, Cal's really not having a good final year at LCR Honda now, is he? No, no, he's not. And um, he might not race this weekend. It's touch and go, but apparently that surgery messed his arm up. Apparently it, it was not good. Um, um, I'm wondering if this might be a tipping point into one uh, of this might be a tipping point into retirement because his body is just falling the fuck apart at this point. Uh, uh, no, apparently he is still mad keen to come back next year. He he is motivated. He wants he to doesn't... come back for Aprilia, Dre. <laughs> Who wants Aprilia? I, no one, but they pay well, apparently. So you know, like, is it worth it? <laughs> I don't think it is, but apparently, according to Cal, it does. So, uh, who, who am I to tell him, though? Okay? Uh. Like, yeah, Cal was declared unfit um, on, on Saturday morning. Like I said, uh, complications due to arm pump surgery. Uh, not great. Yeah, speedy one to Cal, who's just had a just had a bloody rough time of it the last month, uh, to say the least. Um, yeah, so get well soon for him. Um, also another interesting story that came out of, uh, MotoGP, that two were actually, was, uh, one I want to get to now. Johan Zarco has been, it's been pretty much confirmed, Johan Zarco will not be with Avintia next year. 
Mm-hmm. And according to uh, Ruben Zaus, who's one of the higher-ups in that team now, former World uh, Superbike rider, uh, he said that it's 99% sure that Anea Bastianini will take his spot next year. The current, well, I think was, Moto2 Championship leader um, will be heading over there. So it looks like Anea Bastianini will be on the Avintia next year. That only leaves the big question mark of what does that mean for Johan? It's looking like a promotion... We just don't know which bike it will be. Um, whether it will be the factory bike or the Pramac, they don't know which one's available. We'll have to wait and see. Um, they're still deliberating on that one. Uh, I guess we've pulled as well seat. on the rumors that like, Dobby's going to get the Rossi seat because Rossi's taking his sweet time signing that deal and securing the licensing rights and all that. They're yeah, just right. trying to force Rossi to fucking sign faster. Turns out their boss was actually at VR46 headquarters today for a, quote, meeting. Funny how life works. Yeah, I, I suspect a lot of that rumoured talk to the press was just uh, trying to speed the negotiations along. Because who would have thought image rights for the biggest name in maybe all of motorsport can be a bit complicated sometimes. Who would have thunk it? Um, but uh, there was a, a, a half rumour that was doing the rounds that maybe they were interested in looking at Davizioso instead. But their, their CEO quickly uh, put the kibosh on that one. So I thought, I thought that was quite funny. Um, so no, no, Dovi will not be on an SRT next year, as great as an image as that might be. Mm. No. Um, championship standings and uh, the top 10 are covered by 28 points. This race points. wasn't a classic, but it is going to set the table for something real good right down the line. Dre hit him with these standings. Yep. Yeah, Dovi on, Dovi on top with 76 points. Quattararo minus 6 on 70. Jack Miller another 6 back on 64. Yeah, Jack Miller is third in the championship. Who would have guessed that back last December? Uh, Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> Joanne Mir fourth on 60. Maverick Mir is fourth. Yeah, Mir is fourth in the championship now on 60 points. Mir has got a decent chance of the title. Like, a very decent chance of the title. It, that This is how wild this is starting to get. Uh, Mir fourth on 60 points. Maverick Vinales on 58. Tied with Valentino Rossi on 58. Maverick ahead on countback. Um, because Maverick has a podium finish this year. Valentino doesn't. Uh, Frankie Borbadelli is now one point... Behind those two factory Yamahas on 57, and he's the worst of the Yamahas. How did that happen? We've almost got a three-way tie with Yamaha. Jesus Christ. Quattarara has 12 points on the other two Yamahas, but all four Yamahas are in the top seven of the championship. That's how crazy this is. Brad Binder, eighth on 53. Yes, the rookie Brad Binder is still there. Takanakagami is tied with him on eighth place. He's on 53 points. Then you go down to Miguel Oliveira on 48 in 10th. Still riding off that off the Styria win. The top 10 from top to bottom is covered by barely a race win. Like, that's how close this is. A couple of big swings, and goodness only knows what could happen. KTM could um, be leading the championship. Tune into the next race. Tune into the next race, please. I beg you. No, we gotta we gotta tune into every remaining race because this championship is a good old fashioned bar fight. Get you some video yeah. pass, or get you somebody you know that has a video pass, or every- watch on NBCSN. Every 
high-class inflated rumour about the state of this grid is true. Every single one of them. KTM's improvement, Brad Binder being a monster, Paul Spargaro being lead KTM, Miguel Oliveira being really good, Johan Mir is really good, Jack Miller is really good, like, Alex Rins is still balling, Fabio Quartararo really, really is the truth. The, the, the field has never been this good top to bottom. I will, ha- I will happily say this on the record... This is up there with when 2015 had, like, MotoGP had that tremendous intro of all the riders there glistening the career achievements, and they said 12 world champions, I think it was 100 plus Grand Prix wins, 390 victories in total, the strongest grid in the sport's history. I may have written about it somewhere, but uh, <laughs> it somehow might, it, it might be even better. It may have one less massive hitter like Lorenzo in there, um, but. This is an incredible field of talent. It really is. I mean, I know he's missed rounds, but like Francisco Bagnaia is 14th in the championship. Alex Rins is 12th. Francisco Bagnaia is 14th. You know, Alicia is 16th. There's some really good names in the bottom half of the table. Um, it it is terrifying. And we've, we've not even mentioned that Cal Crutcher's had such wretched luck on his bike that he's the last of the regular runners right now. That's how bad the situation's gotten yeah. over there. But uh, one you more know, big I, story I, to go, go, go ahead. Go no, go ahead. Yep, cool. Um, well, the other big story that came out of MotoGP this weekend came in practice when we found out that uh, Stefan Bradl for the uh, Repsol Honda in his not so busy schedule. Because uh, you know what's funny? Apparently, Stefan said in an interview that uh, like this was the first weekend they let me not be a test rider and be a proper GP rider. And quote, I was back on Friday testing gear. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was quite funny. Um, oh. Poor Stefan. Uh, so he was testing a new pit to rider radio system that um, they are going to be testing to maybe implement in the future to have some form of uh, pit-to-rider radio off the wall. And it certainly split the room. I think a a few of the riders... Split the room? Well... I don't know if it split the room. Well, look, the riders, I think, are seemingly okay with it from what I've seen. Like, I think Jack Miller said he was actually all for it. Um, He says he 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 wants to tell the team how he's doing because he wants to give himself a better chance of winning. What, what, what a crazy idea. Um, and uh, I think Rossi said he's kind of cool with it. I think the riders are largely okay with it. The journalists all shit themselves. Like, oh. every major journalist I saw besides Oxley like, ended up crapping their beds thinking, oh no, this is going to ruin the spectacle. <laughs> I, I, how, how do you guys feel about this? In general, because um, I, I'm not asked, I'm not, I'm not talked about it very much on this Discord server, but I think it's an interesting one. I uh, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other yet, because well, we haven't really seen it in action. It's one of right. those things where you don't know how it's going to work until you actually see it. Right. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, this is more just going to be for race direction to give instructions to riders. This is not going to be. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, at least not yet, going to be a situation where you're going to have an entire team basically plan your strategy and give you quarter-to-quarter instructions like we all fear that it'll come to, that they're going to turn MotoGP into contemporary F1. But, but the, yeah, thing is that, the thing is that there's little you could do to plan for strategy because you don't take pit stops in MotoGP. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't take pit no, stops. No, be like a... Uh... 
be like it be spec in Gran Turismo where you can tell right. someone to push or back off. Right. I was, was going to say, first and foremost, I think the journos all completely overreacted to this. Like, I know a lot of people were very quick like to compare it. Yeah, it was like... It, like a lot of people couldn't wait to make the F1 comparison. I think it was way too big a dangling carrot for them to ignore. I don't I don't see any evidence to suggest that the riders getting maybe very limited instructions or maybe on tire management maybe at most or maybe a couple of engine settings here and there. MotoGP isn't a very different sport on track compared to Formula 1. Like, in the sense of, as King alluded to, there's no strategy. It's a glorified sprint race. Their races are half the length. There's no pit stops. The only thing that might come into play is there's a flag-to-flag race, and they're rare. You might get maybe one a year at tops on that one. And, you know, objectively speaking, as well, my opinion is, if it's for race control, to say, you mentioned things like, you know, yellow flags in areas, or, you know, debris on track, or red flags, or whatever... I'm objectively all for that. Anything that can make the sport a little bit safer and a little bit more reactionary so that riders have more time to respond to elements on track. Like 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 we saw in Austria earlier, see with those two big incidents we saw. You know, and, the, yeah, and the thing yeah, is that uh, what could the team even tell the riders? Because telemetry, well, live telemetry is also banned in MotoGP. The teams don't even have that much information they could give to the riders. Well, that's just right. the thing. Any any information you'd relay over the radio, they already do relay to the bike on the dashboard. Stuff like engine mapping. Stuff like... Tire temperature. You know, the, fa- famous, uh, the famous Ducati team orders row of a couple years ago. Mapping eight. It's not going <laughs> to fundamentally if it's just race control which i agree with dre would be objectively a better safer way to go about things warn someone if something is going on on track i i'm i'm all for it mm-hmm. and uh I, there's, there's I, it won't fundamentally yeah. change anything about the sport it's not no gonna- it's not gonna see. You're not gonna suddenly get like 15 laps of tire saving in a Moto GP race because everyone was again so quick to make the uh, so quick to make the Moto GP comp- or make the GP F1 comparison. The con- the instructions where you know when driver instructions were banned in 2016 as well. That came up a little bit as well in the discourse, and I was just like, this really isn't the same, fellas. Like, and I was just it's I like, just, no one actually read into it. Everyone immediately heard radios and Moto GP, and it's like a clickbait title. Yeah, it's just like, oh, this is going to ruin the sport. It's going to kill the spectacle. And I'm like, David Ember was like, I'll I'll quit the sport. Like, you know, if if, if they put Raiders in one, no, you won't. And 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 two. And and Oxley comes in like, hey, did any of y'all actually read what this says? Everybody just jumped on the headline. See, it's if anything, it's quite reassuring because we're all a bunch of 20 slash 30 somethings. I know RJ's 30, but like, you know, the rest of us are all like mid to high 20s. Um, and like, it's nice to know that even the old guys can get fooled by this every once in a while as well. And I mean, be just as reactionary as some of the young'uns are. <laughs> it gives me a little bit of hope for the future where that's concerned. Um, I, I don't think this is going to be anywhere near the deal breaker that they think it's going to be. I, like, I, I read the, I read what was being said about what they were testing and what they could use it for. And I was like, this really isn't going to 
all of a sudden make the sport completely different as King alluded to life telemetry's banned you know all the information's on a rider's dashboard already you know mapping 8 was actually hilarious because you, you never got those messages on the dashboard before look how can anybody not look at mapping 8 and think that's fucking hilarious they gave Jorge Lorenzo team orders like that's funny as hell like, I, I, I would, I would pay to see that fun. every week <laughs> the only thing funnier than that was both Ducatis ending up in the gravel after the fact. <laughs> that 2016 season finale was wild. Um, but uh, no, I, I don't think this is the deal breaker this is going to be. Not at all. I, 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 think, I think everyone's got a little bit too jumpy on that one. But hey, we'll see how it goes. We'll keep you posted if Mopurity. there's any other... Security. Any updates on that one. Moto2! Uh, next up. And uh, another... Great little dogfight we had here. They're like, they're like, I've complained about Moto Two being a bit of a toilet break for a lot of the races this season because a lot of them have had pretty clear winners most of the time. I think the, I think the paddocks listened. I think we've had a couple of good ones lately. With first in Styria between uh, Martin and Bezeki, and it, it was Bezeki involved again in this one. Um, he was in a dogfight with a fellow VR46 teammate, Academy, and a crashing partner from Haref, uh, Luca Marini. Um, (laughs) it gets funnier every time I think about it. (laughs) It it is, it it really does. But, uh, they were, you should have seen the pit wall between between the two of them. Like, the pit wall was just watching just like this. They were just like, Lance, we've seen this (laughs) happen already. We're in like, charge of these clowns. Like, please don't do anything crazy. Please, you're first and second. Like, no, please don't. Thankfully, everybody was uh, was okay in the end. There was no horror story to mention. And it was Luca Marini that came out on the top, pulled away a little bit in the final couple of laps. Marco Bezzecchi tried, couldn't quite stay with him when it was all said and done. And uh, Marini won by just under eight tenths of a second. Bez in second, continuing his fine form. And Aya Bastianini was right behind Bez over the line in third, maybe playing a bit of the championship game there uh, with, with, with 16 more points on the board for him. As mentioned, probably a MotoGP seat for him in the near future. There's a couple more moves to get to in a second. Xavier gave fourth. Augusto Fernandez, where's he been all season? Fifth uh, for him on the Mark VDS bike. Tom Luti in sixth. Uh, Fabio Di Antonio seventh. Okay. I don't normally praise this man on this show, but good ride, Sam Lowe's. Um, from the pit lane to P8 is impressive no matter which way you slice it. Um, Damn good job. <laughs> yeah, no matter which way you cut it, especially given that MotoGP seems to be very harsh on pit lane starts and when they actually release the rider. Um, we saw it a little bit with Johan Zarco last, a couple of weeks ago in Styria. Um, this happened again where the whole field's gone past, they've all cleared turn one, and I think it was maybe about five seconds after that point that they finally let Lowe's out of the pit lane. So he lost a lot, about, about maybe 15, 20 seconds um, by the time he was out of pit lane, but still. I mean, he broke the circuit record to set pole position. His pace was clearly there. Um... But uh, yeah, came through in the end, finished in eighth. Just beat Aaron Cannett over the line in ninth. So yeah, great ride for Sam Lowe's there. Stop riding like a bowling ball, and you know we'll actually praise you more often. Um, how do we feel about Joe Roberts in tenth, fellas? Solid. Yeah, not, not the not the most disappointing American performance from the weekend. More on our next episode. Uh, it was aggressively average. 
<laughs> so what we're looking at uh, Lorenzo Baldessari 11th Marcos Ramirez, tw- Marcos Ramirez 12th Lorenzo Della Porta 13th for Retaltrance Corsi 14th and Nicolo Buda got around enough the points by taking Jake Dixon out of the points over the line boo uh, <laughs> we like Jake Dixon on here Bit of a bit of a title implication as well to see Nagashima crashed on the final lap. Oh, oh sad no. face. Uh, that's not looking good for his title campaign um, in general. We'll get into that now, real quick. Um, championship standings: Luca Marini now has a seventeen-point lead over Enea Bastianini in second on ninety-five. Bears up to third now on eighty-five. There's one big name I've not mentioned. Jorge Martin, we mentioned this a little bit at the end of the Winds of Change episode, and it was true. He had, in fact, tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, so, uh, man. Out. Reason. Rona. Uh, uh, yes, a, 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 a DNS due to COVID-19. Apparently, he went to IB for last week. Ooh. Not a good look. Not only that, apparently they were meant to announce his new MotoGP deal this week, but had to put it off due to his positive COVID test. Yeah, he and will he'll he, miss this race. Yeah, he'll miss this weekend's race as well. So, uh, yeah, two races that Jorge Martin will miss due to no, COVID. He's, and that... uh, he's just doing his best Kobe Bryant impression by crumpling mm-hmm. up his championship chances and throwing it in the trash. Kobe. Um, yeah, he's already 33 points off Marini. He's going to miss this round as well, guaranteed. If Marini wins that one, Martin's two races back with, I think, six to go. It's it, it, Martin uh, might, have, might have killed his own title push before it had even gotten started. Um... Yeah, so that's a, that's a, that's a rotten, uh, rot, rotten, a bit, or should I say, a bit silly from Jorge Martin, to say the least. To see Nagashima still on 68 points in 5th, Sam Lowe 7th on, or 6th on 67, Xavier Yerge on 59, Canet on 50, Joe Roberts in 9th on 45, and Tom Lutie, the gatekeeper, in 10th on 45 as well. A couple of little bits of Moto 2 news as well. Looking like uh, John McPhee will move up next year. That's kind of been, you know, one of those best, Overdue. You know, worst kept se- yeah, worst kept secrets out there. Really, that, that it's looking like McPhee will move up next year. Also, I like this move. Remy Gardner is going to be going to Red Bull KTM next year, probably to take Martin's seat, yeah. as he will most likely move up to Pramac in MotoGP. So, didn't mention uh, Gardner either because he didn't start this race. Mm, yeah, he didn't start either. I think that was due to a crash in practice, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. it was a big crash. Yeah, he was. Uh, it's not a good sign when even MotoGP social media team went, quote, he was high sided to the moon. As you do. <laughs> but, hey, but hey, some ice packs and a brand new KTM deal will make that feel all better. Indeed. What's not to love? Um, but yeah, Red Bull KTM, that's a great move for Remy Gardner. Always been talented, always shown a lot of promise. SAG is a team I've not got a lot of funding. Apparently they're still using last year's frame, which is not a good sign. Um, so that's a great move for Gardner as a talent, certainly, uh, on that one. So keep an eye on that one for uh, Remy Gardner, the Australian in orange next year. Uh, that, that could be very interesting indeed. Moto3, and we just mentioned him earlier, John McPhee gets his first dub of the year. Um, 
honestly, like, I don't know about you, but I had to watch this. I don't know if you were watching the world feed or BT Sports coverage of it. Which one did you guys have in the Discord? We would all be watching the world feed. Yeah, the world feed. I, uh, I happen to miss out on this particular race. You lucky bastards! Um, <laughs> because I, I I pay for BT Sport, and uh, it was actually rather annoying to see the fact that uh, Hewen was already claiming McPhee had already won the race halfway down the back straight, where you're being slipstreamed by three people. Oh, McPhee's won it now, uh, surely. He, he never. He should never do commentary at the Daytona 500. Oh boy. <sighs> This is a man that's actually commentated on American Motorsport on Sky in the past. Uh, I try not to be too mean on this show on occasion, but uh, just the amount of rimming being done over McPhee on that final lap almost put it off from what a brilliant final lap it actually was from McPhee to not put a wheel out. You know. (laughs) RJ! RJ Whoa, takes the show off the rails again. More at 11. You said it, How many? <laughs> you said it. How many episodes in a row are we going to actually cripple Dre live on camera? Skirt! <sighs> Put it together, Dre. Put it together. Yeah, it, it, it was it was wild. It was, actually, it was actually distracting from how excellent a final lap he rode where he didn't put a foot wrong, knew where to park his bike, and held off Ayagura going over the line by just three hundredths of a second. Agura continues to surprise people. Uh, like, like every, every time, out of nowhere, he, uh, <laughs> he, he just pops up in the last two laps and finishes in the top three. This does it every time. It's like, hi guys, Agura's here. Um, I, I, I nickname it the Agura Surprise. It just happens every time without fail. It's 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 pretty funny. Uh, Tatsuki Suzuki was third in the end for the SIC team. Uh, Jeremy Alcoba fourth, Gabby Rodrigo fifth, Tony Arbolino sixth, Jamasia seventh, Romano Fanati eighth on home soil, and Dennis Foggia um, in ninth, Mino in tenth. Still only 1.1 seconds off the win, by the way. Nicola Mantinelli, 11th. Yamanaka, 12th. Ricardo Rossi, 13th. Stefan Nape, 14th. And Carlos Tatsai, 15th. Um, Big names did did not make the flag. Darren Binder parked it on a curb and crashed. That wasn't good. Um, Another unfortunate Darren Binder mistake. And Albert Uh, Arenas. That's the big one. Championship leader by a country mile, Albert Arenas. Um, f- did not see the flag. He crashed with three to go. Um, s- and, can't uh, be doing that, that if you're in the championship lead. Indeed, not good. Long. And, and somebody give Raul Fernandez a break because he was in a collision with uh, Celestino Vietti on the opening lap as well. So neither of them even made it past lap one oh. in the end. Uh, pretty brutal race all told in Moto Three this time round, but uh, chaotic as always. Uh, championship standings now. Albert Arena has had a had a uh, should I say a thirty point lead. Sorry, a twenty. Sorry, it was a twenty five point lead. It's now only a five point lead because Ayagura is now up to second on That's the real Agura surprise. Oh yeah, it is Agura. All of a sudden, only five points of the lead of the championship when Arenas was looking like he was starting to run away with it. Um, Arenas on one hundred and six, Agura on one hundred and one. Good number. John McPhee on ninety two. 
in third now. Uh, Suzuki on 75. Arbolino on 70, Vietti 66, Rodrigo 59, Ferrar Fernandez 51, Jamasia on 50, and Dennis Foggia uh, was t- its 10th on 44. Moto Greg, you're e- just going to give, before we get into the Moto E, I'm just going to say, you're giving Moto, you're giving BT Sport more firewood to the fire by mentioning that John McPhee is only 14 points out. I was hoping you weren't going to highlight that fact. <laughs> Just commentary, commentary should not overwhelm the sport you're watching. Agreed. It's, it's meant to be a side dish, not the main course. Um, <laughs> Murder real quick, and uh, yeah, big story. Ferrari out of this one. won. Ferrari, Ferrari. won the race in 2020. It's yes! a Ferrari victory in 2020, just like we all anticipated. I mean, it's not the it's not the factory F1 team. It's Matteo Ferrari. Shit! Not again. Oh, we'll take it. Grazie, we'll ragazzi. We'll, we'll 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 take it. We'll take it. That was a uh, yeah. That was that was the first of the big stories. Yeah, Ferrari won. That's always nice, I suppose. Mm-hmm. The second big story was a uh, main title favorite Eric Granado having his uh, e-pole lap taken away from him because he put two wheels on the green uh, coming out of the uh, inside complex, and uh, you can't do that. So his lap was taken Yo. away. He had to start from the back of the field. It led to a furious six-way scrap for the win that uh, that Matteo Ferrari won over the line from Xavier Simeon and Dominique Agata in third. Spanish Elvis, Jordi Torres in fourth. We'd love to see it. Matteo Cassidy in fifth, and Mike Demeglio in all of them covered by three quarters of a second. Wild stuff. Uh, Alessandro Zaccone, seventh. DeAngelis, eighth. Tommaso Macron, ninth. Eric Granado from the back could only finish in tenth in the end. Uh, ran out of laps. I mean, it was, it was only, I think, a uh, seven-lap race in the end. So, you know, short and sweet as you do. Uh, Nicolo Canapa, eleventh. Tudovic, twelfth. Uh, Medina, thirteenth. Carletta's fourteenth. And Maria Herrera gets the last point in fifteenth place ahead of Cornflow, Tuli, and Hook. In the end, so uh, yeah, uh, a pretty, pretty crazy one indeed in Moto E. Chance standings over there, real quick, give you a quick top five. Dominic Agata still leads the way by 12 over Matteo Ferrari, the reigning World Cup winner, in second on 45. Jordi Torres, 43, Matteo Cassidy, 38, and Xavier Simeon, 35. Like I said, for a MotoGP race, this was actually kind of middle of the road, but still way better than most series. Go watch it. Um, it was a fun time for all involved. And uh, yeah, great to see Frankie could take a very powerful victory in the end uh, for, for leading the way in MotoGP. They're back again this weekend at Masano for the second of the doubleheader over there. A lot of teams whispering about changes being made and what's going to happen next where that's concerned. So we could... We could just maybe see a very different race uh, this time around. We'll have to wait and see. We'll back yeah, we're for already next going week. to the uh, faraway land of Emilio Romagna. Oh, is, is that is that is that the regional name for the second part of the doubleheader? Is is, is, yes. is that what it is? Yes, yes, oh, indeed. The theme. And the theme. We'd be remiss on the bike show uh, before we get out of town. Um, Ana Carrasco broke a vertebrae in a testing accident. Ooh, yeah. She'll be out for the rest of the Super Sport 300 season. Oh. Uh, please, we'll, please get well soon, Anna. We miss you out there on those bikes. Indeed, indeed. Get well soon to Anna Carrasco and, of course, Jules Cazell as well. Um, awful to hear that. Anna Carrasco, I think, was third in the, in the Super Sport 300 Championship again this year. 
Um, one of the big hitters in that series. Uh, get well soon. We love Anna on this show. Um, fantastic uh, role model for women in motorsports. So yeah, get well soon, Anna. Wish her the very best indeed. We'll be back later this week to talk about to, to talk about Formula One in Tuscany for the. Uh, and I'll get the full name here. Formula One Grande Premio della Toscana 1000 at Mugello. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that'll be soon. In the meantime, basically you can find us one more time real quick, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101 if you haven't seen this already. Hi. Uh, if, if not, uh, facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. Twitter, uh, motorsport underscore 101. Our handles again, Harrison101HD, RJ O'Connell, Ryan Eric King, and C Buckley 917 All our details are on the website, motorsport101, including a new piece from me uh, regarding Pierre Gasly. That was that was a very fun one to write. Big shout out as well to Cammy Sturch, who did an original commission for the piece as well very very grateful check Kemi out check Kemi out if you haven't already please do she's tremendous um i mentioned that in the other episode as well but thanks cammy much much appreciated for that if you're listening um all of that and more as well as our patreon you can back us there as well patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 five dollars gets you early access to all the audio shows ten dollars gets you in the supporters club you can listen to these shows live as they're being recorded and video early access as well until then, I've been Dre Harrison, they've been RJ O'Connell, Ryan Eric King, and Cam Buckley. Until next time, thank you very much for watching, and we'll catch you guys next time. Sayonara. Later, y'all. Bye. At least the episode didn't last four hours. I'm gonna hit him, I'm gonna hit him with a Paul George. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's oh, <laughs> I would have laughed really fucking hard if that broke your camera. <laughs> oh, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> it's alright, he actually would have been on target. Would have been on target, unlike Playoff Pete last night. Oh.